Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode number 55 of Forever Strength. I'm Andrew Coates. I got Bailey Lau with me. And today we've got a great guest, uh, my friend, Beth Yarzab. We got to hang out at Raise the Bar in Dallas, an event that I spoke at and Bailey attended. And Beth was running the virtual side of it. So one of many hats that Beth wears, she's involved in coordinating virtual, uh, I guess, uh, I can't even talk today. <laughs> Guys, sorry. Um, these conferences that we often get to attend and speak at, Beth coordinates the virtual parts of those conferences. And you're as well, you're a fitness educator, you are a certification developer, uh, heavily immersed in CanFit Pro's organization. Uh, you're also a pro trainer with CanFit Pro, and you do also other consulting work within the industry on, well, I guess, a variety of different stuff for coaches. So you've been around this space for a long time, and I think there are a lot of people who've just done some really incredible stuff, and sometimes they, they hide in the background a little bit more versus the you know, maybe we could cherry pick someone like a, a Molly Galbraith, who is such a massive scale person who's got a ma this massive following. But we have all these other great people that we try to pull on here, too, who are just doing really great stuff. So thank you for coming on. We appreciate you. Well, thank you, my friend. It's great to be here. I've been really enjoying your podcast and listening to Forever Strength and uh, feeling like I'm very aligned with uh, what you're doing here on this podcast. So congratulations to you and uh, and for your program, for your Forever Strength program that you're doing as well. We appreciate it. Well, anybody listening, we are literally in the middle of an intake, right? We It starts on Monday. This should go out. I think you guys will be listening on a Wednesday. So it'll be starting Monday. So registration is open. If you were listening and you've been curious, we'd love to have you. This really is a an extra thing to help give better information to the people who are already part of it and are grander ecosystem of women enthusiasts who like to lift so uh let's let's get into bailey's questions because bailey always comes in prepared better than yeah I so i mean obviously like andrew said you wear a lot of hats i'd love to get into a little bit more of that stuff but first just wanted to know how you got into fitness oh sure yeah i know that you asked that of almost every guest so that's kind of cool i'm curious <laughs> <laughs> curiosity is an excellent attribute um so yes i came from a family that was not particularly active, but I have a mom who uh, was always lose, trying to lose weight. So she was in a quest to lose weight. So as a result, I was around kind of a lot of behaviors around dieting and um, up and down with exercise and up and down with a scale. Uh, so I definitely grew up around that. And that was really how I got into fitness because mom did uh, Jane Fonda workout. So I'm 46. So we had VHS and uh, we were doing the, yeah, right. We were doing the, the like Jane Fonda stuff. And there was like the 20 minute workout. And I just loved all their matchy matchy outfits and all that stuff. Anyway. Yeah. Not, didn't really know anything about strength training, legit strength training, just, you know, it was more the, the jumping around stuff with, with fitness videos, but I just love to move. And I also was in the pursuit of changing my body quite a bit and was up and down on the scale myself and uh, had quite a bit of disorder behavior around that for a very long time. So that's kind of how I got into fitness was through this like entry point with my mom's dieting and, uh, and then my own dieting and my own weight loss attempts and regains, et cetera. So definitely kind of on that more disordered side of things, but always feeling like I wanted to work in the industry, but didn't feel like I had the quote body to work in the industry. So it was, um, you know, just sort of on the side for me, I started teaching group fitness in university as a side hustle. It was a great job for student and I made a little extra than minimum wage. So that was great. Helped pay my, uh, my student rent. And uh, then I started my career in something completely different, human resources, um, executive recruitment, 
career coaching. And I know, Andrew, you're sort of the same because you had a different career before you got into fitness as well. So that's one thing I love about the industry is that, you know, there really are, there shouldn't be, and there there isn't barriers to entry in terms of people sort of starting again and, and reinventing themselves in this industry. There's something yeah. interesting and maybe worth getting into because there are going to be people listening who are consuming it as enthusiasts and may feel, well, I, I haven't earned the right to ever coach. One of my clients, uh, her name is Dal. Dal has lost a lot of weight and she went through some of the same sort of things you described. You know, the the experience, I think some people, women and men, where they, they go through the diets, the fad diets, because they don't have the resources or the knowledge yet. And this is what's being marketed, sold. You're seeing it on Oprah and all sorts of other places in the magazines. And she tried all that stuff. And then she got really serious and she's hungry to learn. So she got serious about learning how to strength train, learning about nutrition, macronutrients, all this sort of stuff and the habit-based behaviors. And she changed and she's successfully lost a ton of weight. She's strong and she's so interested in learning. She consumes information ravenously that we got to talking and I suggested you should take a nutrition certification. I think you could really help people. And she's in the South Asian community, which by her own admission, doesn't necessarily have a lot of people within that community who can get into that community and serve the other people who are interested. So she's been ravenously consuming this stuff, doing her certification. She's excited. She just switched her social media. And I, I think there are so many people who could help who may be finding this from later in life. I, I started in the fitness industry at 32, like you alluded to. And when I hear coaches crying on social media saying, we need more regulation. Yes, I want the industry standards of quality to be elevated. But when I hear coaches say this sort of stuff, you think about all the people who could help people, but feel gate kept out of our industry. Instead, and, and by the way, when I hear coaches crying about this stuff, you know what it tells me? That they're not busy, that they're bitter and resentful. And they think that all these influencers and all these people with big social media followings that they're grumbling about, if we could only make them go away, if we could legislate them and regulate them out of the industry, which is never going to happen because you're not going to get them off the internet. Then all of a sudden those coaches would get those clients because I'm entitled to that because I'm a better coach than these influencers, but the attitude is wrong. So what I try to encourage coaches to do is to take up more space and women, especially take up more space in our industry with your media, share your experience. And if you're someone listening who loves this stuff and is curious, maybe take a certification, maybe literally talk to someone like Beth, go follow Beth, who teaches trainers to get into the industry, many of whom I'm sure started from other careers. And if you're curious, we, we actually, we'd love for you to like find your way and foothold in this industry like Beth and I did. Bailey started out a little bit like earlier with, you know, a, a Bachelor of Kinesiology degree and got into training early, mm. but that's not everybody's path. So if you have a passion and a curiosity for this, absolutely message us. Now that's a little off track and I want to get it back to you guys, but I thought that was worth it. No, I, I'm glad you said that because I honestly feel that the Forever Strength podcast audience it's, it's probably a lot of people who are on the threshold who want to become trainers or think like they're so passionate about lifting and they're so passionate about educating and learning so that they can improve their own health that, oh my gosh, if they could just 
help other people, imagine how gold that is, because then their cascading positive impact would be massive. So like, please, for anyone listening, if you ever have thought, oh, I'd love to become a trainer or an instructor or get involved in the fitness industry or as a nutrition or health coach, like, please reach out to me. I'd love to help you help guide you because kind of where I went with like my, my career in human resources and recruitment, and then always loving fitness on the side and doing that as a side hustle, kind of merging those two. So now really what I do as a certification developer and instructor of our courses is I blended my passion for career development directly into the fitness industry. So it's really great to see people at any age and stage of any body type, anyone who's passionate about health and fitness and helping others, this is a career path for you. So please never underestimate your ability to get into this because again, like, yeah, you need to have quality education and certification to do to do your clients a good service. However, it's like your personality, it's how you approach connecting with people. It's how you build community around you with your clients and uh, and the folks in the gym. That's that's really those soft skills that can make a make or break you as a trainer. It's not necessarily if you know your origin and insertion of biceps from Morris. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> I think that would be because the turnover rate for personal trainers within the first 12 months is quite high. I'm not sure what the stat is, but 80% Bailey. 80%. Yeah, okay. I knew it was up there. Yeah, dang. Um so yeah, and a lot of it is the soft skills. They just don't like they have the knowledge um, they just can't keep those clients because your client doesn't want to come and watch you stare at your phone while they work out. They also don't want to come and just sit in silence. You know, if that's their thing, then okay, sure. But they want to feel that connection with you. They want to enjoy coming to the gym. Um, so I think that's just more important, uh, than people think, especially beginner trainers. They don't realize how hard it is for sure. 100%. I, if anybody ever has the opportunity to watch Bailey with her clients in person at Evolve, it's it's fantastic because she's locked in. It's and you can tell she's zoned in on the client. There is such a strong relationship. The women, because it's mostly women, there's a couple of older gentlemen that Bailey works with, but the clients that Bailey has, they adore her. They're really immersed in the experience. There, there's some of them that coming to a gym like Evolve seemed intimidating at first, but I have a feeling they probably like it more now that they like the old setting. And 100. right. Yes. But like you could tell it's something we're a little intimidated by this gym. It's a strength athletic facility. And, but yet Bailey's presence made them feel safe and, you know, welcome and accepted in that environment. So if anybody ever gets this opportunity, if you're local, like seriously, like just come in, even like literally book a session. We've had people who've booked sessions who are members of our group online to actually come mm -hmm. and train with each of us. But like I, I always encourage like literally go get in front of Bailey or if you're a coach or interested, you can, and you're local go and like shadow we, we've had people shadow us and like i want people to see this is how you do it this is how you build relationships yeah, yeah. bailey i think uh i'm recruiting you now to become a pro trainer for canfit pro <laughs> because sounds like you'd be an amazing educator because it sounds like you do like you put the light on the client and and having helping uh, your clients feel safe in that more athletic environment now you've transitioned them from kind of coming in feeling a little intimidated to feeling badass because yeah. they're lifting heavy weights and they're in this like in more intense kind of lifting facility. Because I've seen videos of, of Evolve and it looks like a great place. So um, that's that is like you're going to keep those clients forever because they can never imagine going back to what their life was before or where they trained before.
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Volve is an amazing gym. Um, definitely for serious lifters, which is nice because then, you know, they pay attention to their own workout, not staring at people. Unless someone's going for a PR because then you watch the gym and everyone is looking. It's actually kind of funny. Oh, that's um, awesome. So then for like talking about soft skills um, and the group fitness, how do you sort of get that with a larger audience and training multiple people at once? Oh, for sure. Names. You got to know names. You got to use names. Uh, so that's huge. Making eye contact. Uh, so that could be, you know, if you're online, obviously you're looking at the camera more and then and you're also coaching people individually. So it's not like you're just the way I, I train groups. I don't do it from a stage or anything. I literally like train, like I watch their form and I give individual coaching as I go. And I, when I teach my certifications for group fitness, that's absolutely what I'm, I'm encouraging people to do. And the nice thing about group fitness and personal training is they work so nicely to be together because for group fitness, you're basically a low entry point, like a low risk, low cost way to market your training, your one-on-one training. So I, I always recommend to my students who are in personal training to come and get group fitness as well and leave boot camps because it's a different, definitely a different skill set. Like you said, Bailey, right? Like you have to, you've got to manage a bunch of people all at once. And sometimes they're doing circuits and they're doing different exercises. Sometimes they're doing the same exercise. So yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot to manage. Um, but certainly on the, the PT side, there's that like, yeah, more intense focus on one person at a time in their program. Yeah. And so then with the, you started off with the group training, um, how did you sort of move into strength training? Sure. Yeah. So I, um, I got my personal training certification when my twins were about a year old. So I, that was the point where I decided not to go back to human resources and to uh, start being an entrepreneur. Uh, it was just going to work better for my family to kind of create my own business that focused on moms. So I did I had this business that was awesome for 13 years called Career Fit Mom in Toronto. So I did career coaching and fitness coaching for moms. So I did in-home personal training things like stroller fitness, baby and mom boot camps, all this kind of stuff. And then I was writing resumes, LinkedIn profiles, doing interview prep and job search strategies for moms who were in career transition. Because when you have a baby, a lot of things can change. Obviously your body changes, but also your whole philosophy on work and, and your life and balancing with kids and stuff. So a lot of moms were looking to, um, to change careers. And I happened to have that background. So I help people with that. So that's of how I got into more of the personal training side and doing in-home training. Uh, and I did that for quite a number of years until my kids got a bit older and they didn't need me as much and they wanted more independence. So I I, uh, I decided to, to join CanFit Pro full-time. I, got, I was lucky to be offered the position of certification developer about three and a half years ago. So I had been a pro trainer for about 10 years, teaching the certifications just like on weekends and stuff. And then I got to, um, to help out with their, um, our major product, which is the personal training specialist certifications. So that was very large product that we revised. So that's our flagship certification. So, um, through that process, I got really into strength training, like focus training because I hired a coach and I, cause I was like, okay, I'm, I'm developing this certification. I had taken the certification, but now, you know, it's different when you're, you're getting all the cutting edge information to, to share with students. And uh, I'm like, okay, I want to experience this as a client. So I hired a trainer 
Uh, it happened to be uh, the person who was like the, the main content strategist on this personal training specialist um, curriculum. And his name is Eric Wong Kaipun. And so he, he became my trainer and uh, we became good friends through that uh, because we were working on the project together as well. Uh, and since then, I've fired Eric as my trainer and I hired somebody else because uh, Eric and I are doing a lot more work together. So uh, it became better for me to you know, be a colleague and a friend than the trainer client relationship. So anyway, I'm working with someone named Salva right now and she's amazing. Well, I mean, this is part of the evolution. I mean, I, we, Bailey and I started out, she approached me as, you know, wanting a trainer and a mentor. And so she trained with me for a fairly extended period of time. But then I think, you know, what Bailey needed had evolved to the point where, you know, and we'd already started this program. So we're doing this stuff ongoing and she's, gone on to work with another coach who we're going to bring on this podcast as well. Right. So I, I think like, I'm proud of what she's accomplished in her career. And like, it's actually really astonishing to see like just the, the professional growth as well. And I see like Bailey has told me before, like some of the stuff that she's learned from my philosophies and approaches to programming and training and what have you. I mean, I watch her transform strength and physique in front of me as we, we coached, but you know, I've also seen the professional growth and how that's influenced her, but yet finding her own path and, and way and the things she already brought into it. And, it, you know, I'm excited to see where this is possibly going. Like, I have been quite literally pushing more than she's been ready for at times on this podcast. If anybody listens right now, I dare you to go back to listen to the first few po- episodes. You're going to see. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> right? But, you know, I, I see like Beth, you just mentioned about the possibility of educating or what have you. And like, I've had people message me asking, you know, questions about like interest in like public speaking type opportunities and, and education. That'll happen eventually. Maybe you're not ready for it yet, but you will. And I know that people have invited you on their podcasts as well. Right. So this stuff is fun and it's rewarding to see, to see someone grow and and develop as opposed to me going, oh, well, I don't have a client anymore. Shit. No, I'm as busy as I could probably handle and want to be. Right. So, yeah, no, it's nice to see the evolution of like a client trainer relationship kind of move into something different. And uh, it's cool that that's happened for you too. And now your, your colleagues on this podcast and then creating your, your program as well. Yeah, but it definitely, I mean, obviously I believe in my job because I'm willing to pay someone else to do it for me. And lots of people, you know, they come into the gym and they think, oh, I know what I'm doing. I don't need a trainer. Um, but we provide more value than just telling you what exercises to do and how many reps to do them for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's another big coaches point. need coaches, absolutely. Yeah, I will always have a trainer now because <laughs> it's I, it's just been so valuable for sure. And if you think about people who have busy lives, there there are the people that first of all who are not showing up, not being accountable at all, and not doing anything with their fitness goals. That's one tier. But some of my clients, I mean, I, I think about a young lawyer who's a mother of two that I have in person. I have a lot of other different working professionals, uh, a cardiologist I've worked with for years. And it's a point of accountability. They show up. They have someone with greater expertise. So some of them are hungry to learn, like my client Dell. Some more, they do not want to learn anything. They need to keep their mental bed with free to be fit, be active, but then their parents... They are working professionals or, or God only knows what else. And they just don't have the mental bandwidth to spend a lot of time and effort thinking about making decisions for their own their own fitness. And with our program, I'm like, yeah, we're selling it here, but we believe in this, especially the summer one. How busy do does life get in the summer? 
right? What's going on in the summer? It's like, it's almost like all birthdays are in the summer, barbecues, everything, more vacations, you name it. And so we literally bred our summer thing around, like, let's just make sure you don't fall off track. Let's keep you accountable. Here's what you do. You show up, you execute it, find a few hours a week to do this stuff. And you just enjoy summer life. We've also noticed something we didn't think about when we first started this. There's a massive impact on the people who got sick for a week or had a vacation. They immediately have something, they're back to it. There's the accountability versus what, what happens? Oh, two, three weeks pass. All of a sudden, oh, you're out of the habit, right? So this is the stuff we realized. This is where the value is. And those things can be really valuable for someone who professional career and maybe income is not the big deal. There's another demographic where income is a, a thing. But for those people, it actually makes sense for them to pay for this service that they value, to hold them accountable. And then they can put time and effort into the two things that matter. One is earning their livelihood and their families. I agree. Yeah. And the other thing that coaches add value with is being like cheering for the person, cheering for the client. The client, like everybody needs to feel recognized and praised because life is hard. And if you're working and if you're a parent, like there's a lot of things that you're just grinding through and to have someone recognize like, oh, your squat depth, like, oh, great bracing. Like these things are like, you're like, oh yeah, okay. Like someone is recognizing that I'm, I'm trying hard, even trying hard. Like I, that's what I do with my clients too. I notice you're trying really hard to keep your ribs down. Like those kinds of things, it makes a huge difference because, you know, not only are they learning kinesthetically also how I should be in this lift, but they're also feeling like, oh, like I'm getting recognized and I don't, maybe they don't get that very much in the rest of their life. Yeah, potentially. That's what makes a trainer important too, is that sometimes you see them more than they see their family, right? Mm -hmm. So there needs to be some sort of connection. There. Um, so you mentioned a few little things about what would be beneficial for a new trainer to know, but is there anything else that you wanted to, that you thought about adding to that list? Oh, what thing? Okay. So we talked about soft skills, mm. right? Being able to communicate well with clients. I think being able to read them, like you mentioned, Bailey, some clients don't want to talk, you know, during the rest periods and stuff and some do. So it's, it's that kind of um, emotional intelligence so that you can see, um, what this person prefers, how, what their communication style is, what their learning style is. They might be more visual, auditory, kinesthetic. Like there's, there's lots of things. Um, but you know, again, there's so much to learn. And this is the kind of industry where you're, you have to do continuous, continuous education. And that's part of staying certified is doing continuing education credits. So don't feel like, oh, I don't know enough to become a trainer. So for, again, for anyone on this podcast listening who thinks, ah, oh, be cool to be a trainer, like go out and do it. Because even if you're just, you know, starting out the foundational level of education, you're absolutely going to progress as the years go on and you, you start to develop your specialties and, you know, seeing more bodies move and understanding how to provide uh, correctives and those kinds of things. So um, it's just, if you're like learning and you like lifting, this is the great industry. You, you've got to love helping people too. Yeah. But also you have to be patient, right? Cause it's a client based job. So you can't just, you know, within the first year, which is probably why a lot of people drop out and say, I'm not making enough money. I'm going to go somewhere else where I can have to work as an employee, <laughs> uh, do what someone else says, um, not have control of your own schedule and, but then have security and in income, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And I guess for first first year trainers, the ones that are on that cusp of possibly dropping out, uh, it's it's 
being willing to fail a bunch of times, like maybe not making the sale a bunch of times, but keeping that resilience and possibly diversifying your income too. So maybe doing, you know, maybe getting into group training because it, like I said, the doing the group training can bring in people for personal training, maybe doing writing like Andrew does, maybe finding consulting jobs. Like, you know, obviously you don't want to spread yourself too thin, but if you're in the industry and you're doing a bunch of different things in the industry, then you're going to learn and grow and get more exposure and attract more clients. Yeah. It, it's actually a perfect analogy for, when people struggle with getting their weight loss or fitness consistent because the statistics sound very similar and it makes it sound like it's impossible. Like the, uh, the, the statistics on the number of businesses that fail and those statistics are actually kind of misleading. The same thing with the number, like the success rate of quote diets. But what happens is you have a sheer volume of people, some of whom are just don't belong in the industry who dabble in it, they go in and they fall out again. But there actually are a lot of people who are successful. And so if someone listening is passionate and very wired to want to do this, as you said, they have to be willing to fail a little bit, but it's the same thing as the person who quits because they haven't found the right approach to nutrition because they got frustrated or they plateaued. And it, it's just a bit of grit, a bit of determination and a willing to stick with it and patience. And again, I think there can be challenges for people who require the income. Like that's a big thing. You had some answers for that. But I think it's a little bit of grit, a little bit of perseverance and to say, no, this is something that's really important to me. And I, I think it's just like the statistics on, you know, on fat loss. You don't have to become a statistic. And I, I think in both realms, just by sheer number of people, a lot of people are actually quite successful. They just tend to be dwarfed by the volume of people who are not going about it the right way. If you approach it the right way, you have a much better chance of being successful. And so many people need help. Like so many people need trainers, want trainers. There's a huge demand for trainers. And because there's churn in the job, in the industry, there's not, there's the clients are not being served by the trainers that we need to have in the industry to serve the clients that need them. So absolutely there's demand. Um, the other, you know, key component to this is sales. And that's why we really focused in our personal training certification on selling is helping. Like if you, you have to be a helping professional, you have to love helping people. You have to love fitness, but you have to recognize that when you're, if you want to help, you have to sell and, and you have to get people to buy in, not only to buying a package from you, of training sessions, but also on lifestyle changes, on being consistent coming in three times a week, like on, you know, adding more water. So they're getting their hydration, like all these behavior change things, they've got to sell them. We've got to sell these ideas. They have to be client centered, has to be stuff that the client wants. But if you have a decent conversation with somebody coming in for a consultation on personal training, you're going to be able to tap into their, their goals, their desires, and the emotion behind their why and why they want a trainer, why they want to change their lives, why they want to transform. And so that's when you, you bring in how you can help. And so that's, that's a key thing. I think a lot of certifications were missing that um, aspect of it. And so that's also a component of why I think trainers burn out because they don't realize, oh, I got to sell. Like, yeah, you do. You really do. Um, yeah. There's a way of flipping. Okay. There's a way of flipping this. It's, in every walk of life, let's say you have kids and you're trying to convince the kids to do something or you have a partner 
and you it's as simple as like which movie do you want to watch or like what are you gonna have for dinner what have you sales is just convincing someone else to do something and oftentimes it's what they want to do some people are resistant to things like it's the person who needs a new car they want to buy a car but they go in because traditionally they have an adversarial relationship with a perception of a salesperson who are the successful salespeople in that industry people who you like who treat them well who actually like ask the right questions that are of service and make sure that person walks away with good value in a decent vehicle it's an essential skill for all walks of life so if we build this thing up in our minds that sales are bad guess what that's a barrier to making this work but my guess is you're probably struggling with communicating and convincing other people to do stuff that you want them to do and we're not talking about manipulation we're talking about like normal compromise and interaction and negotiation and relationships right it's just an extension of like normal relationships and if you take that attitude shift you can embrace the fact that okay cool this is an essential skill it's probably one of the most employable and valuable skills you can have in the universe and you do not have to do anything unethical or sleazy or tricky to be a great salesperson yeah, I, I agree. I love how you put that because the folks that are coming in for that consultation or, you know, looking into getting a trainer, their number, they have two fears. Their biggest fears are fear of failure because they've absolutely tried before and have not been successful or they've been successful for a while, but they haven't had that longevity of that success to maintain. So their fear of failure and also fear of commitment. They're like, how am I going to make this work in my busy, busy life? How, how can I commit? or four times a week? How can I commit to all these habit changes? Like it's so overwhelming. So it's the it's it's like what you said, Andrew, influencing. It's just influencing to show them that they are capable of, of being successful this time because you, Bailey, as a trainer, are going to be right next to them making sure they're successful. And you're going to find out from them what they need from you to be successful so that you will not let them fail. And they can absolutely make this commitment work because they owe it to themselves for their, their own health span, their own longevity. Yeah. I think a lot of it comes down to attitude too of the trainer, you know, having a good attitude about why you're there, that you want to help. It's part of the job. It's the best part of the job, being able to help people. Yeah. Um, but then, so yeah, I guess we went over a, a couple of things about new trainers, you know, what they should work on, stuff like that. Is there anything that experienced trainers sort of maybe fall off about or things that you think maybe they forget or they just don't learn in their process of getting that experience? I think um, not being dogmatic in your approach and being open to other ideas and learning from other people and having your own coach and attending education events, you know, ju jumping into courses, like just being open to new ideas and approaches and uh, and building a network because you can get kind of siloed in your approach or in your, in your own, with your own clientele, but there's so much value in, expanding out to to other people like I just love how Andrew you you're a great connector like people know you as a connector and you build relationships between people um and and because of that you're you're like a you know a, a richer person in terms of your social capital your ability to um you know make great connections and see other people make great connections as a result of your introduction like these kinds of things because it, you you're all learning from each other we're all in this ecosystem of of just trying to be better and just trying to learn more. Uh, so that, that would be like, you know, for experienced trainers is just don't like always keeps, you know, learning and growing and challenging yourself. 
Yeah. And then I saw that you made a post about um, the conference in Dallas about how more people should go. Do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, why those things are fun and good for? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love fitness events. I mean, I just love them. But yeah, whether you go in person or you go virtually, it's it's go, it's show up. It's, you know, have a plan of what you want to get out of it in terms of maybe there's somebody that you want to meet or there's some um, topic that you want to dive into more and, and really apply the next day. Like if you can go to a conference or event and, and take away some knowledge that you can use with clients the very next day, that is like so amazing because your clients really see how you're investing in your own education because, and when you do that, you're investing in their progress and their results. And so they're going to see you as a higher value trainer as well. So, you know, going to events, fitness education events, it's, there's so many, many benefits, the networking, the education, just like getting out of the day to day as a trainer, having a new experience, like it was nice, right, Bailey, to go away and have like, you know, get out of the gym and uh, get into a different environment for a bit with, with different people. Yeah, the nice thing about it is that, I mean, trainers usually tend to be a little bit on the chatty side just the nature of the job for one-on-one training in person um but everyone was very willing to just talk and you know go over their ideas what they've done what they want to learn it was a really nice environment to be in you know everyone was just there to learn it was awesome yeah I didn't find there was a lot of egos about you know who knows what and who knows who it was it was really like we're all here to be better than and that event in particular is a really good small subsection of the industry that has an abundance mindset that people showed up to support other people. This is big. I think some people go to these events. I've noticed that they can be a little status seeking. So some people will go to an event like that because, well, they, they want to be the speaker. I attended a lot of these events, sitting in the audience, meeting the people. The most valuable thing for me was meeting the people connecting with people who are on the same journey as me. The first event I ever went to, 2017, I made a lot of friends, grabbed them all up on social media. I kept going to events. Turns out two of the guys who were there, my friends Tim and Jeff, both had their own events. So I attended each of their events in 2018. And then I attended in 2019. And then the world went to whatever. And then come 2021 and 2022, when they respectively rebooted their events and my media had grown each asked me if I would come and speak at their event. Not because I was angling for it or even thought about it. They asked. That turned into, it's something like maybe as many as nine or 10 speaking events this year. There was eight last year. Things blew up like crazy. And I see these people who are like asking. I announce that I'm doing an event. And they're like, in my DMs, hey, can I come speak at your event? It's like, no, right? <laughs> it Because they're, they're focused on the wrong thing. They're focused on status. The thing that will help you in your career is to support the person, show up and support the person who's right there with you, learn from them, be inspired by them. You invest in these relationships. A lot of these people are going to turn around and do really cool things for you. And you have someone to share the journey with versus trying to come in and get the attention and the approval of some of the biggest names in the industry who they're preoccupied. Jonathan Goodman, who is really wonderful and like will immerse himself in that event, but he's not going to be paying attention to your media because he's got his two little kids. He adores his wife. He's running his business, but if you're trying to seek his attention, you're missing out on the coach who's just like you, who's who's trying, whose podcast you could listen to, or whose social media you could interact with and support and share. And I've noticed how like a lot of these coaches are this journey who Bailey got to meet at Raise the Bar. 
have been following Bailey and interacting with her media. And like you get someone like Daniel yours pulled Bailey on, on his podcast. And I'm seeing that kind of stuff. And you make friends along the way. I have so many friends from the industry who are wonderful, who are doing incredible things, but we, we, we come from the same place. Right. And that is the most rewarding and fulfilling thing of all. And there's so much value in just dropping yourself into that environment. You will learn, you'll grow, you'll be inspired. Exactly. Which can we segue over to CanFit Pro? Because there's another event coming, which Andrew's speaking at. <laughs> Bailey, are you coming to CanFit Pro in August? Oh, I haven't planned. Oh, I have my knees. I don't know. <laughs> That's Toronto. So I'll push you around in a wheelchair at all your right? sessions. How about that? No, it's going to be great. It's going to be a great conference. It's a much bigger one than Raise the Bar. Uh, it's like one of the biggest uh, conferences and trade shows in the industry. And we get to have it in Toronto. So it's it's amazing. So Andrew's doing a couple of sessions there. Uh, and have you been to the event before, Andrew? No, I haven't been the global one. So mm-hmm. it's actually kind of funny because I'm not sure because it was Mary Ramos who had reached out to me asking uh, you know questions. And then I met with Mo Hagen. They're both wonderful. And I know that Aaron Phelan has been on our podcast before, and then you've been plugged in my media for a while. So I'm trying to figure out like which one of you put Mary and Mo onto me in the first place, but I was honored to be asked. So I'm doing, um, I guess, a keynote. I'm one of the, the people that they seem to be featuring most prominently on their media. And I'm doing two panels and, and a third, a fireside chat. That's really a panel, which is me, my friends, Melody Schoenfeld, Luca Josevar, Lee Boyce, Michael Mash of Barbell uh, Rehab, who's wonderful. So that stuff's going to be fun. So yeah, I, got, I actually have four things in two days. And I'm going to skip off the Newfoundland to see family afterwards. So you know, CanFit Pro has been great to me. And I got started. I was certified with CanFit Pro almost 13 years ago. And I'll share a little, little story. There was a coach that I saw. There was a CanFit Pro event in Edmonton years ago. And a coach had was doing something, educational seminar the same weekend. And had brought in some educator who, unfortunately, like, I don't think anybody had ever really heard of. It was very niche. And that that business owner was very angry and ranting on social media about, and negatively about CanFit Pro. Was disparaging CanFit Pro and the event that was being held locally. And was like, oh, nobody wants to come to this, you know, real education, blah, blah, blah. I saw this and I thought this was in poor taste. So I remember putting up a post because there was a young coach who I trained at the time who was excited to go to this event. And so I put a post up, you know, kind of taking the high road and not directly acknowledging this negative post and saying like, hey, you know, there are young coaches who are inspired to learn to go to this kind of event, bunch of positive things. And I think it's all in your attitude. And years later, what's happening? All the public speaking, an invitation to be prominently featured at a CanFit Pro, like your guy's biggest event, right? And there's just a difference in the attitude you can take with all this stuff. And, you know, I'm... CanFit Pro, I mean, I can't even believe how good you guys have bid to me. And again, I've held the certification and there are, let's, let's confront this, you know, coaches come in the industry. There are people who look down upon the, the smaller certifications that can get you into the industry faster, right? They look down upon the coach that doesn't have, uh, you know, maybe a, de- a degree in kinesiology or a CSCS or at least a two-year diploma. I'm grateful that I was able to get in the industry as a 32-year-old coming out of an industry, casino industry, that which wasn't great. Um, I had this gym that I worked out at that kept bugging me to come work for them. I kept saying no. And I did it in part because I needed a job. 
it's nice to say, oh, I've always been passionate about helping the industry and other people and what I do. I fell into it. I was overwhelmed my first week. I didn't even think I could make it. So for any of you guys who are doubting yourselves, remember this, okay? I was overwhelmed. And I dealt with a lot of rubbish, a lot of harassment, a lot of negativity in a gym environment that was un unprofessionally run for a long time. And I protected my livelihood, my clients, and the other trainers that I could try to take care of. And when I had the opportunity to have my own business and set up, you know, six years later, after weathering a lot of this rubbish, I, I want other coaches to have a better path. And I'm really grateful that there was a, a way for me because I was very experienced with working out and I knew a lot about nutrition and training. I mean, in that context, I've learned a lot more since and realized how much I had to unlearn and that's okay. But I was really grateful that I had, you know, a, a lesser barrier to get in the industry. And when I see people screaming for more regulation and more barriers, I think it's misguided. And I want, if you guys are interested in this stuff, and you're passionate and you're willing to continuously invest in learning more and getting better. I think you're probably going to end up more qualified than some of the people who took the four-year degree, but then stopped learning. I've literally worked alongside of people who did the degree and that's it. That was literally the end of any effort to improve their skills and their knowledge base. Yeah, it's not acceptable in this industry. If you want to take care of clients, you have to keep learning hundred percent. But yeah, you could start off with a foundational level certification will take you a couple months to finish between the courses. You know, there's an in-person course. And that's the nice thing about CanFit Pro. There is a pro trainer who is going to hold your hand and mentor you through the process of getting certified. Then you have your theory exam. Then you have your practical exam. You get your CPR. You get that refreshed annually by Ron McPhee. And then you're, you're our friend in Edmonton. And then you're, uh, you're good to, yeah, we love Ron. Love uh, Ron's working at CanFit Pro too. So yeah, it's, you know, it's just... Um, it's just easy to get started, but you can't stop learning. You have to keep, you have to keep learning and you're going to learn by doing like, that's like, that's the key thing. There's book knowledge for sure. Um, and you got to study your anatomy and you got to memorize that stuff, but you gotta, it's like learning by seeing bodies move and having these different interactions with different personality types and dealing with rubbish management at a gym and stuff like that and going out on your own. Um, and then finding your own mentor and finding your own path and jumping into different events and stuff and, and trying things. Well, a quick note about the gym. I mean, you mentioned Eric, right? And obviously Eric is the director of all personal training for good life, which is the biggest, one of the biggest gym companies in the entire world. And certainly the juggernaut in Canada, yeah. um, the gym that I used to work for went bankrupt out, out of poor management. And there's a lot of nasty shit there and good life scooped it up for you know, for, for nothing at the end. And I mean, good life is the juggernaut for a reason, right? It's like, you know, some people now are discouraging trainers from going in and working in the commercial gym setting. I am where I am because I got the opportunity to work in a commercial gym setting. Same goes for Bailey. And I think it's one of the best opportunities to gain a lot of experience, which is probably the most important thing early is a lot of experience with people. It's a great place. And a lot of people can make a really great career out of it. Or you may at some point decide, I want to go in a different direction. But I, I think it's actually a great avenue to take. And again, like there's a lot of like a lot of listeners may not be Canadian, so therefore good life's not the answer. But there are going to be these organizations in different places in the world, whether it's a, an Equinox or I mean, even a Planet Fitness. Like people love to hate on Planet Fitness. Guess what? There's going to be a lot of people who want help 
that are going to be drawn in by Planet Fitness's marketing. And you will be able to establish yourself as like someone really premium and high quality experience working in no matter the setting. You are the one who decides what the standard of care and quality is going to be for the clients in front of you. And if you outgrow something and if it doesn't serve you, well, those skills, that experience are transferable. Even if it's a conversation way beyond this, like whether or not your clientele is transferable. But in a way, if you have such an incredible relationship and you move on, Ethically, people can choose to want to follow you, okay? That's a different conversation, not not the place for it, but it's a great place to get a start. I know this episode really turned into something maybe different than what we intended, and it really became the episode if someone's interested in learning more about getting in as a coach. Bailey, got anything else before we clue it up? Nope. Beth? Nope. I hope I didn't derail your... Uh... <laughs> If anything, Your podcast. I'm, it, I'm so into fitness and education, right? Like I just have to share it because it, I, I was the person who didn't think I belonged in the industry. And right. now I write the certification programs for CanFit Pro. So like there is, there is a journey like, and I know, and I love helping people as a trainer and, and, and I do belong here and we all do. And I think that's, that's my message is you can do this. You can absolutely do this. And if you're thinking about it, you should. And to echo that, like I said earlier, I was a trainer who a week in was overwhelmed, didn't think I could learn all the systems, didn't think I'd make it. And, you know, getting asked to speak at international conferences and getting published in all of the big fitness publications, that may not be everybody's aspiration, but honestly, you belong in our industry, especially if you care. So, and I think this episode is wonderful because it's definitely different than all the other stuff we've done. It may pique some interest. It may get you thinking about something you never thought was a possibility. Maybe you just have the imposter syndrome that we all have had or still deal with to think I, I, I haven't earned the right to do that. Well, guess what? You can earn the right if you're willing to invest the time and the effort. Beth, where can people find your media and more information, if, especially if they're interested in you know, exploring the idea of getting into the industry? Yeah, I would love to help people figure out, you know, their next steps in getting certified as a as a trainer or a group fitness instructor. So you can find me on Instagram. It's Beth Yarzeb underscore fit pro. Um, so yeah, you can DM me there uh, and uh, reach out and I'm happy to guide you along your way, whether you're training with me or another educator. Um, just really excited to share, you know, this, this, this job, <laughs> this industry with other people who who need to be here because there are people who need you to train them. There are people who need you as a coach. So we'd love to have uh, more people get join us in this industry. Absolutely. And honestly, like I said, again, I think this was an episode a lot of people would probably need to hear. It was fun and different. And uh, we really appreciate everybody who's tuned in to listen. Please go follow Beth. Go check out what she's doing and message her if you have questions about this stuff. Bailey and I will also answer questions too. We're always there. But message Beth if you want to learn more about this stuff. Um, everybody, just thank you so much for being a part of this. We appreciate you guys. If you're thinking about our program, we would love to talk to you. We'd love to have you as a part of it. And uh, we'll bring you another episode. We'll probably be a couple of weeks. Bailey has got a vacation to go and enjoy. So we'll hopefully be back in a couple of weeks. Thanks, guys. <laughs>